0: Welcome to the Super Abundant Life Podcast. I'm your host, Olaumi Brickway, a transformational life coach and the creator of Super Abundant Woman, where we are teaching and equipping women who have a burning desire for significance to create an exceptionally successful and fulfilling life without burnout or stress. In the not-too-distant past, I myself was trapped in an agonizing cycle of failure and shame with my mind constantly dominated by negative emotions. But my life was dramatically transformed beyond my wildest dreams when I began to live by the power and the wisdom of God's word. My mission is to teach others to experience the same. On the Super Abundant Life podcast, we have only one goal teach and empower Christians to take full advantage of their rights and privileges in Christ so they can build exceptionally successful lives. Thank you for tuning in. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, this is Allow Brigway, and welcome to episode 123 of the Super Burner Life podcast. Now, I'm going to be teaching on prayer again, and I've talked on different topics on prayer in the podcast so far, but today I want to hone in specifically on something that I know a lot of people struggle with, and I also, to be honest with you, have struggled with at different points in my life, and that is how to build a vibrant early morning prayer habit, how to build a vibrant early morning prayer habit. Now, before I go on, did you happen to catch my ministration at the B conference in Ibadan, Nigeria on the 23rd of October? If you didn't, then I want to really encourage you to go to YouTube, the Covenant Nation page on YouTube and go and watch it. It's right there. And to be honest with you, I had a phenomenal time. I had an awesome time. As in, everybody has been asking me, oh, how was Nigeria? How was the conference etc and the only word I could use to describe the whole experience for me was lovely it was just lovely everything was lovely being in Nigeria was lovely going to the conference it was the first time time—not the second time I had been to Ibadan uh, which is a city in Nigeria the last time I went there was when I was a child so I loved being able to see another city in in Nigeria I loved um, every speaker every word that was spoken at that conference was literally for me and of course my own ministration as well. It it literally was on another level. (laughs) I could feel it as the words were coming out of my mouth. It was really awesome. I had a wonderful time. And I believe that the message that God gave me to to teach and to speak at that conference is one that we need for the coming season. So I want to encourage you to go to YouTube, The Covenant Nation. And if you just scroll through that videos, it was broadcasted live on the 23rd of October, 2021. And just scroll through, you find me in one of the two videos that were streamed live on that day from that conference. Okay, so we're going to be talking about prayer and i love talking about prayer because prayer is so important for the christian i literally literally believe that prayer mixed with the word of god uh, for a christian is like fish uh, to water i mean if you take a fish out of water it slowly begins to die it cannot function in the way that god created it to function and i believe that that's exactly the same way uh, prayer and the word of god interaction with the word of god with the presence of the holy spirit is to us as Christians. So that's why I'm always out there encouraging Christians. I mean, my Super Abundant Women community and membership is all about helping women that are busy, that want to thrive in life, helping them maintain that level of spirituality that will help them go places. So not just being nominal Christians and allowing life to squeeze out all the spiritual activities, but we help them. We arrange it in such a way that it is easy for you to put your spiritual life way up there and prioritize it and keep it vibrant and thriving. So that's something that I'm very, very passionate about. So I'm really glad to be teaching on prayer today. Now, more than just teaching about prayer, I want to talk specifically about how to build or if it's in your case, rebuild an early money prayer habits. Now I have a disclaimer okay (laughs) i have a disclaimer like what why do i need to pray early in the morning uh that kind of thing but uh -uh, i can pray at any time the holy spirit is always with me yes so i agree 100 percent okay i agree and that's why i'm opening up with this disclaimer the holy spirit is with you 24 hours a day he doesn't go to sleep so he's not like god is only alert (laughs) Like he just had his first cup of coffee at five o'clock in the morning or 3 a.m. in the morning. And he's like, yes, I can actually hear what they're saying. I'm not sleepy. Of course not. Of course not. I mean, and one of the things that I actually teach and encourage people to do is there's a statement that I make. It's not about um, the fact that you praise. It's when you pray. Do you understand that? It's about when, so don't just say, Oh, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray." it is when you will actually do it. That's the best time. That's the optimum time for your prayer. It is not by force, by force, I'm going to wake up at 3am and pray. If somebody, for example, is a nurse and they do a lot of night shift, that's definitely not going to work for them. It will throw them off. Imagine them trying to pray at 3am or 4am while they're on duty or they just come back after a long night shift or whatever it is, of course, it's not going to work. So it's not about when you pray, it's about the time that you will actually show up and do it. However, However, a lot of us are actually in the position where maybe we have regular nine to five jobs or we run our own businesses. We are in the position to actually get up early in the morning to pray. Okay. And this includes you that you might be saying, oh, but I'm not a morning person. (laughs) <laughs> I love at that because to be honest with you, everybody is a morning person. Because if they tell you now that, okay, over the next thirty days, we want you to come and for a training at six AM, um, somewhere an hour away, and that training is going to lead to you being promoted like ten times more than you are today at work. Trust me, by force you will become a morning person. <laughs> You understand what I mean? So don't immediately label yourself and say, "Oh, I'm not a morning person," etc., etc. We have genuine cases in the Bible where the Bible talks about getting up early in the morning to pray. And if the Bible is the guide that we live our lives by, that means we should at least attempt attempt to incorporate prayer into the early morning. So I'm making a case for this, right? Notice what I said in the start. It is a disclaimer. I'm not saying if you don't pray in the morning, God will not hear you at any other time in the day. That's not true. And if you've been feeling like that, that's Satan lying to you because God hears us 24 hours a day. But I want to make a case for actually setting your mind to say, I will get up early in the morning, right? And what are the reasons why I think you should build an early morning prayer habit or routine? Number one, Jesus prayed early in the morning. We have examples in the Bible. For example, in Mark 1 it says, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went to an isolated place to pray. Now, why did he go to an isolated place? early in the morning is because his day was always loaded with activities. No matter where he went, if people were away, they sought him out. He would go and hide and say, you people, I just need 10 minutes. (laughs) And they would just go and find him and say, oh, please heal the sick. And because he was so compassionate, he would not turn them away. So he had to find a time and a place where he could not be disturbed, where the whole world is literally sleeping. So that's one major case for you to say, actually, Right, if I have kids, I'm married, etc., my kids are sleeping at that time. Imagine trying to pray maybe at eight o'clock or nine o'clock, your kids are still awake. As you say, Father, in the name of Jesus, one door opens. I say, Mommy, can I have this? Okay, fine, you can have it. And then you continue in the name of Jesus. And then another one comes. I say, Mommy, can I? I mean, you know, especially if you have young children, it may not always work out for you to say, I'm going to have this uninterrupted. An absolutely 100 dedicated time to me and my father in communion so jesus found that early morning was a way to actually do that so that's one case where we should follow jesus's example all right that's number one number two is whatever does not get scheduled does not get prioritized and therefore doesn't get done simple fact so if you say oh i will pray i will pray but you cannot tell me number one, the time and number two, the place and possibly number three, the content of your prayer, you're not going to pray. You're not going to pray. And that is one of the reasons why a lot of people actually not praying. They desire to have a vibrant prayer life, but they don't prioritize it by putting it in their calendar and saying, I'm definitely going to do it. Right. And when I say schedule it, as I mentioned earlier, one of the most um, available times you will find yourself praying is in the morning, early in the morning, because no emails are coming. You could say, okay, I'm going to pray at 10 and then you hear boom. And then you're like, okay, let me quickly see what that boss of my sent. And then you are distracted, etc. social media. It's a quiet time. It's a quiet time. So you must schedule it in. If you're serious about having a vibrant prayer life, it has to be scheduled in, you must have a time, you must have a place. And you must know what you're going to pray about. What is the content of your prayer? So that's the second case that I'm making for having an early morning prayer habit. If your schedule permits it, if you're not like someone that maybe travels a lot, etc. Or perhaps you have a job that requires you to be up late at night, etc now that we've gotten that out of the way now you're better able to listen to me and not say we have abraham as our father so i can pray at any time i agree with you (laughs) i have not disputed that far yes you can pray at any time you want but me personally over the past uh how many years now that i've been a christian actively walking with god at least 20 something years 25 years something like that i have found that when i have decided to get up early in the morning to pray And have I've done it consistently? my life has never remained the same. So that is what I'm encouraging you to, to do. So this podcast, this episode is going to be divided into two parts. If this is the first time that you're listening to me or watching me, then you probably do not know that I'm a teacher. (laughs) So I'm a teacher of the word of God. I'm a teacher of anything and everything. Okay. And because I'm a teacher, I like to teach people the how. It's not just the what. So I'm not going to spend the next 40 minutes telling you why you should pray or that you should pray. I'm also going to show you the how and try and give you practical tips and strategies that will actually help you create that vibrant early morning prayer habit. Okay. So this podcast is going to be divided into two parts. The first part, I'm going to highlight the barrier. So what exactly is standing in your way? When you decide that you're going to have a vibrant early morning prayer habit, you have to know what the mountains are so that you can name them and get them out of your life. (laughs) Jesus said, you will say to this mountain. So you have to, first of all, identify what the obstacles are. You don't want to just launch into the deep and you don't know what the obstacles are and literally things just keep hitting you and knocking you back. So I'm going to actually talk about five barriers that you need to be aware of. And then after that, I'm going to teach you, I think about seven or eight strategies to help you overcome these barriers in order to build a vibrant early morning prayer habit. Are you ready? Okay. So let's get started. The first and the most important barrier is a lack of understanding or a weak understanding of the purpose of prayer. You'll be surprised at how many Christians mature christians as the people that have been christians for a long time still believe still believe and are and are laboring under the guilt that prayer is an obligation that prayer is something that you literally do oh because you're a christian you have to pray and if you don't pray god is angry with you and god cannot stand you and when you come after three months (laughs) I you start praying god's like who is this one what was time i should pray? I mean, get out of my presence gabriel chase i away i mean go and pray for a month first before I even come and hear what you have to say you may laugh but i'm telling you that that is how a lot of us actually view prayer if people have not been praying they feel guilty they fall under condemnation how do i know i know because i used to live like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i used to live like that as in if i wasn't praying Instead of me to literally be running into the presence of God. You know what guilt and condemnation will do guilt and condemnation literally is Satan's weapons, right? Those are his weapons and he uses them to draw you away from where mercy is waiting for you. The Bible says in Hebrews that come to the throne of grace to do what? To obtain mercy, first of all, and then to find grace to help in your time of need. So let's apply that to prayer. If someone hasn't been praying for a while and they have that desire, and guess what? There's a Holy Spirit that's putting that desire inside you. He keeps reminding you that you ought to be praying, you ought to be praying. So you have that desire to pray, but the longer you leave it, the more guilty you feel. What that means is you will not actually automatically think, okay, let me go to the throne of grace. Let me go to God and first of all, receive mercy because i have not been praying, so that's the first thing that meets you in the presence of god it is mercy it is not judgment it is not questions it's not god questioning and saying hey where have you been (laughs) do you understand that's how we view god we think god is a human being. human beings that behave like that let me tell you something you know how you have some friends or maybe family members and if you haven't spoken to them in a while and then maybe they call you or you happen to call them And the first thing they say to you is, uh, uh, you've just forgotten about me and everything. And they'll say, they will basically accuse you for not keeping in touch before that time. Do you know how that makes me feel personally? I feel bad. And it makes me less likely to want to call them the next time. If people only understood that, that if you haven't spoken to someone in a long time and you genuinely crave their presence, the first thing you should do is just rejoice in the fact that you are there having to speak to them. If you accuse them, that's why they will run away from you more. So this is how human beings behave. We accuse them. Oh, you haven't called in a long time. You should be calling me. You should be calling me. (laughs) And I'm like, hello. If that is what I'm going to hear in the first five minutes, every time I call, you no know, wonder why I'm not calling you. And my mom, oh my God. My mom used to do this all the time. Like you're not calling. And I'm, I say, mommy, I'm busy, but I try to call. But every time I call you, you make me feel bad for not calling. So I'm not inclined to call again. Do you understand? So God is not like that. God does not meet you at the throne with questions Like why have we not been praying? Why have you not been reading your Bible? No, he doesn't behave like that. The first thing you meet is mercy. And that mercy is not based on your works. It is based on the blood of Jesus. Do you understand that it is so phenomenal, right? He first says, take mercy, take, take, take. You've not been praying. Just take mercy. I wipe you clean of all wrongdoing. Okay. Now, then the next step is now receive grace. Ooh, isn't God amazing. He says now receive grace. Now receive grace to help you with that infirmity, that weakness that is stopping you from getting up to pray or having a vibrant prayer life or whatever it is that you have not been doing that God has been telling you to do. So an understanding of the why of prayer is very important. Why do we pray? Why is it important for us? To pray. I'm going to talk about that in the second part when I talk about the how But when we don't really understand what the purpose of prayer is you think oh, it is just a mark register Of course, you're not going to do it because the why is not deep enough That is why the activities of your life will crowd that spiritual activity because you don't really know why the purpose of prayer so that's the first barrier The second barrier is closely linked to the first one. And it is that we, people become desensitized to the spirit realm. They become desensitized to the spirit realm. So we become so uh, rooted quote unquote in this world that we think this is all there is to it. We think this is all there is to life. Life is about going to work, coming back, taking care of the kids, taking care of the husband, taking care of ourselves, doing work, doing this, etc. As in, we just feel like this is it. We forget that anything that is happening here on earth in the physical realm was conceived and given birth to by the spirit realm. Nothing ever comes to the earth except it is first conceived, um, carried, and then birthed in the realm of the spirit the whole creation, the whole universe, the Bible teaches us came out of the spirit realm. God spoke God spoke and it was created. We become desensitized to the fact that there's a devil, a wicked, wicked, somebody that hates you. That will put obstacles in your path. That will try and confuse you. That will bring evil people in. Do you understand? We sort of forget that's another barrier, right? If we become desensitized to the spirit realm, now, some people take it to the extreme and they feel they behave as if they're spirits and they're not physical bodies. Well, I'm not talking about that. So people that are always like, raptor, raptor, raptor. Well, God put us here for a reason. So you have to expand the kingdom here. Okay. That's another ex- extreme. I'm not saying go around, you know, seeing demons in everything. But I'm saying if you become desensitized to the spirit realm, you will not pray. You will not pray. The third barrier to an active, vibrant early morning prayer routine or habit is the fact that we actually maltreat our body. Or if I want to use a harsher word, I would say we abuse our physical body. We abuse our physical, body, so we treat our bodies in a way that it makes it difficult to carry out important activities like prayer. So for example, if you eat anyhow, if you eat very late at night, of course, if you're saying I'm going to wake up at four o'clock to pray, your body is still trying to digest the orishi rishi, uh, the 450 kinds of meat and all sorts that you ate before and you, the ebba and the pounded yeah, you're you're so heavy and tired that your body is like, okay, you better sleep back. I'm still working. Are you still trying to digest this food? There's no energy left, right? We maltreat the body by the feel, the kind of feel that we put into it, by the way we treat it with not enough sleep and all those kind of things. Of course, the body is going to revolt. Nothing exi- exists as a vacuum. So if you keep maltreating your body, going the payday is coming. So if you don't sleep, if you don't sleep, if you've been existing on let's say three hours of sleep every night and so like, oh I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. You drink coffee and you like okay in the morning I'm okay. Listen, the day is coming where you will not even know what he too. Five o'clock in the evening. So let me just put my head here. You will sleep until ten the next morning. Because the body must collect back. Do you understand that? So if you keep maltreating the body, that means that the important activities that are required to help you build a vibrant prayer life, you will not have the energy or the strength to be able to follow through. Okay. So that's the third barrier that we face in terms of building that early morning vibrant prayer habit. The fourth one is actually overworking the mind. So the third one is the body. The fourth one is the mind. Overloading the mind with all sorts of hyperactivity, distractions, technology. The mind is so overworked to the point that you barely have time to even calm down and just think and just relax. Have you noticed that when your mind is like working, 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 it affects your spirit, it affects everything, it affects your perception, it affects your sleep. So if there's something on your mind that you are thinking about, as you go to sleep, you can't rest. And if you can't rest, you're tired. And even if you want to get up to pray, your mind is so overloaded with cares and anxieties that you just literally cannot bring yourself to pray. So overworking the mind, carrying a lot of cares and anxieties, being overrun with activities and distractions. Something is happening here. We're there. Another thing is happening there. We're there. We're spending so much time being sensitized by social media and entertainment to the point that anything that is spiritual just seems boring and dull. Overworking the mind, overstimulating the mind. One of the things that I discovered as a teacher when I taught teenagers was they, you know, parents that allowed their children to play with a lot of gadgets. So, uh, mobile phone, iPad games, and all those things, their minds become so overstimulated that if they, if they come into school, they're the ones that will, before the lesson is even five minutes in, they'll start complaining that it's boring. I don't like this work. Why must I do this? Do you know why? Do you know why? Because they are used to a high level of stimulation, a high level of stimulation. So if you're scrolling through social media, notice that everything is just boom, 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 everything, the images are on point. Perfect. You know, you are, seeing, you're looking at this one, that one looks perfect. Everything's fine. People in their best, you know, in their Sunday best, in their best makeup, everything is perfect. And then you look at your husband sitting beside you and lying beside you on the bed, and you you see the beard, you see the hair that has not been, <laughs> you see the hair that has not been cut or whatever it is. You may even see the pot belly, and you you see you say, oh see this one, are uh, you know what is in your mind? What your mind has been stimulated with is the images of the guy with six pack and looking redashing dashing and everything overstimulation. So they would come in after being overstimulated with games and everything is just flashing colors, motion activity. They want life to be like that, but life is not like that. So when they come into a calm environment where normally you should be able to get through a 40 minute lesson, learn something, do some work, do some human interaction. They hate it because of overstimulation and the same thing with us adults. If you're overstimulated, if you watch Netflix and that is the way you unwind in the evenings, for example, for two or three hours, and there's a lot of intrigue and the drama and the action and your emotions are fully engaged. Now you want to come and pray. You most likely will not feel that way in the place of prayer, at least not in the first 15, 20 minutes while you're praying because you're still, you know, working yourself up. And if it's not as exciting. As the stimulation you're receiving from those kind of things, guess what you're going to do? You're going to say prayer is boring and you're going to ditch it. So, overstimulating the mind will prevent you from having a vibrant prayer life, especially an early morning vibrant prayer life. And the fifth and last one this one deserves to be in a category all by itself, and that is sleep. Sleep. Say, oh, eh, but it doesn't. Listen, do you know that sleep can actually be a demonic weapon? You want proof? The Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus told Peter, 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 how many times did I call you? Peter said three. My own interpretation, okay? I just said you better pull your ear satan <laughs> has planned to shift you to do your life like this like this just you know blow you like this blow you like that and just completely destroy your life you better pray peter said, ah it's okay what did peter go and do now he went to sleep the bible says about the three disciples peter james and john that their eyes were heavy their eyes were heavy that is not a normal sleep that's not normal okay jesus came three times and said come and pray come and pray we are about to enter the most trying season of our lives come and pray their eyes were what heavy with sleep that was demonic it was demonic so satan can use sleep as a weapon to literally cause you to be spiritually unfruitful because he knows that if you're not fruitful spiritually, you will toil in every area of your life and every other area of your life will be a drag. If he can take away your spiritual life, if he can take away your prayer, your word life, he had literally won. He has won. I'm telling you, because that is the source of your power. We are powerless without the place of prayer and of the word. We are literally powerless. So Satan can use sleep as a weapon. Of course, I've talked about overstimulating the mind, overworking the mind, overworking the body, which can contribute to you being so tired that you just want to sleep. But I'm saying that sleep in itself can be a weapon in Satan's hand. So you have to at times say, what is this sleep that I'm sleeping? Say I'm supposed to be praying. My eyes are heavy. I'm going to get up anyway. And I've noticed that in those moments, when I decide I'm going to get up anyway, within five minutes, my eyes are as clear as anything. Even though it felt like there's no way I can get up from the sleep five minutes before that. So sleep can be a, it can be a demonic weapon. So you can't say, oh boy, it's just sleep. It's just, listen, no. Satan knows how to destroy destinies through sleep. In fact, look at what Proverbs 6 says from verse 9. It says, how long will you sleep, O sluggard?" When will you arise out of your seat, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to lie down and sleep. So will poverty come like a rubber and, or one who travels and your wants like an armed man making you helpless. Wow. That's the amplified version. He's saying you can't sleep to the point that you become helpless. Literally. So a lot of us that I say, "Oh, I just feel helpless. I just feel helpless. It could be because Satan has deployed the demonic sleep to come and be blowing air <laughs> in, your, in your eyes. You know, you want to wake up and the thing is just blowing <sighs> and making the sleep more sweet. And you just turn over and roll the duvet and pull the duvet and, and cuddle up again and say, let me sleep for another hour. It could be Satan blowing air in your eyes. Oh, you better wake up and go and pray. OK, OK, so those are the five barriers that prevent us, that stand as formidable um, mountains for us when we're trying to build an early morning prayer habit. Now, the second half of the podcast, I'm going to walk you through the strategies that have absolutely worked for me over the years. And I'm, like I said, I, I've been working with God for a long time. Okay, and in that long time, I've had seasons where I was not praying. Where I'm like, oh God, I'm not praying, I'm not praying, I want to pray, I want to pray. And until I started to actually engage the strategies, I did not pray. I just felt worse and worse about it. All right? So if you engage them, I hope they will help you as well. And also because these strategies, I have taught them to so many people and they have also produced results, they have built vibrant early morning prayer lives based on what I'm teaching here. Now, there's a, there's a full program that I teach called the Anti-Boring Prayer Challenge. And it sits within a Super Abona Woman Community membership. And literally, if, over a period of 10 days, some of the things that I'm teaching here, we help people go through uh, 10 days of reviving their prayer life. So what am I saying? I've seen so many testimonies come out of that. If you apply these strategies, they will work for you they will. Okay. Right. So I think I have, yes, I have nine of them all together, nine strategies that will help. You don't have to apply all of them. Right. But pick and choose the ones that, you know that, okay, I can start applying from tomorrow morning and start applying them and you will see a difference. So the first one, like I said, you know, when I was talking about barriers, the main barrier is a lack of understanding. Because if you are rooted in that understanding, even if sleep is trying to trick you, you will still get up because you understand the thing has captured you that, ah, I cannot not pray. Okay. I understand why I pray. So I cannot not pray. I know what is at stake. So the first one is to consistently expose yourself to the truth, to the why of prayer, to the purpose of prayer teachings that will remind you as to why you should pray. I'll give you an example. I'm I was gonna say I don't like fasting, but I will not make that confession about myself. <laughs> okay, uh, I love fasting, amen, in Jesus' name. But you see, anytime I know that I need to fast because my flesh does not like fasting, my spirit man loves fasting. <laughs> my flesh does not like fasting, and I know that okay, I'm going to be fasting from X to Y. So you know what I begin to do in preparation for that? I don't just open chest and show up on X and say, I'm going to fast because the flesh will say, Hey, where did you come from after not fasting before, you now just suddenly want to deprive me of what I want. So to help me build strength in the days leading up to when I'm going to fast, I begin to maybe listen to messages on fasting, on prayer and fasting. I read books on fasting. I just expose myself to that knowledge again. And as I do that, the faith inside me, the strength is built up. And I'm even excited, like, yes, let's fast. It's a real strategy. You should do it. So you should consistently expose yourself to the truth about how valuable prayer is to your life. If you never ever do that, then of course, you're not really going to prioritize it. And if there's anything that can help you, so I'm going to give you three reasons, three Truths, I should say, about prayer, about why you should get up every day and pray and have a vibrant prayer life, especially the early morning one. Number one, I like to use the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15. Now, one of the things that God showed me, God actually used that script. He has used, I love Luke 15, especially the prodigal son. God has taught me so many wonderful things from that chapter and from that parable. One of the things that God taught me about the prodigal son, he used it to teach me about prayer. And I began to see as I meditated on that parable that the problem was really not that the guy asked for his inheritance. That is the younger son. Because the father gave it to him. And that father represents God. He wasn't ready. Okay? So if you push, 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 that's another message for another day. If you push hard enough for something, you will get it. Even if you're not ready for it. And it could destroy. It almost nearly destroyed him okay but it, that wasn't even the it wasn't the point because he received this inheritance and the bible says that he still stayed there and nothing happened nothing bad happened to him because he was still under the tutelage of his father his father would said, okay, now you have your 50%. Okay, this is how you should invest. No, 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 don't make that investment. Oh, no, no. See that friend that's coming to meet you to say, let's go and party. He's looking, after, he's looking for your money. Chase him away. So he was still exposed to the guidance to fellowship with the father and to his brother that would teach him the ways of the world, that would teach him wisdom to be able to handle his inheritance and to multiply his inheritance. The problem started when that guy the bible says took his money and moved to a far country so the problem started when he disengaged from the father and he was no longer um accessible he no longer had access to this father's wisdom to this father's insights the father's love and assurance and comfort and he moved away and as a result of that the longer he stayed away from his father, the more he became prone to making terrible decisions and to being deceived and to wasting his his inheritance. And do you know what God showed me that about prayer? He basically taught me that, listen, prayer is you rubbing minds with God. It's you being transformed into the image of God as you engage in the place of prayer with the word and the Holy Spirit helping you. That's what prayer is. Prayer is you receiving counsel from God, from his infinite wisdom, as to how to deal with the issues in your life, as to how to make the right decisions that will multiply whatever it has put in your hands to have a beautiful marriage, right? When people are going through things, right? And they, they seem confused and overwhelmed. Check first. They're not praying. They haven't been praying or if they've been praying, all their prayers is complaining, crying, God, why God, why? No, seriously. And as you're listening to me, ask yourself, That time when you're like, I'm just overwhelmed. And it's this spiritual dryness that is causing it. So the most important truth about prayer is just listen, if you're becoming like, Oh, I'm not praying. I'm not praying. Don't allow yourself to get to the point of the prodigal song where he lost everything and he was about to eat food that was given to pigs. That's extremely low. So begin to make your way back. Now, notice. That when he returned to the Father, immediately when he reconnected with the Father, when his fellowship with the Father was restored, his inheritance was restored, his position as a prince was restored. Isn't that amazing? That's a great analogy for prayer. That's why we pray. It is not to mark a register, it is not for God to be impressed and say, Oh, this one has just prayed a hundred days in a row. Oh, yeah, Gabriel, go and give us some blessings. Now, so, no. No, once he reconnected with the father, literally his inheritance was restored. So that's why he prayed. That's the truth about prayer communion, fellowship with the Holy Spirit, praying in the spirit, studying the word. You literally begin to show up in your environment like God, because you are thinking his thoughts, you're speaking his word, and you're acting the way he would act in that situation because you have been rubbing minds and shoulders with the creator and the possessor of the heavens and the earth. That's why we pray. That's why we pray. And if you keep reminding yourself of that truth, you will not go long days or weeks or months without praying because you know where it's leading. Like the prodigal son it's leading to the lowest of the lows and you don't want to find yourself there. Okay. That's the first truth about prayer. The second truth that you should continually remind yourself about prayer is the purpose of prayer. When the disciples went to Jesus and they said, teach us to pray. Jesus said, this is how you pray our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. So he literally listed out. There is not a prayer that you read and say, father, it's literally showing them a template. Each line is a template for prayer. So prayer is to worship God. Prayer is to, you know, um, remind ourselves that God is our father and to build that intimacy. That's why it says our father. And then of course, the purpose of prayer he says thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth so if you are not praying the will of god for your life cannot come to pass you say oh how but it will happen anyway it will not happen anyway nope because the scriptures will be broken if it just happens just because you are you <laughs> do you understand no Jesus prayed the will of God into his life and Jesus is God. Why didn't Jesus say, I don't care. I don't need to pray. <laughs> Whatever I will be, will be. After all, who can harm me? Hey? Jesus prayed. He traveled until the will of God was established in his life. So it's the same with us. You want to see the kingdom of God be established on earth? You must pray. Otherwise, what will begin to play out in your life is not the will of God. And who else is there if not the will of God? Well, there's the will of man. People's intentions over you will begin to play out in your life. And of course, there's the will of the devil, which is only evil and wickedness. So that's the second truth to expose yourself, to remind yourself about prayer. And the third one is. The Bible says in Hebrews 5.14 that strong meat belongs to those who by reason of use have exercised their spiritual muscles. You don't want to stay a baby forever that only drinks milk. The only way you will grow in the things of the spirit is by exercising yourself. In the things of the spirit the only way you wake up one day and you literally stand up and you command sickness to live and it disappears instantly is because you have exercised yourself it's not because an anointing comes and rests upon somebody and then they do that all the people that you're seeing that are doing amazing things is because they have exercised and built up themselves spiritually so if you're not praying if after 15 years of being a christian people are still coming to encourage you to pray people are still coming to encourage you to read the bible people are still coming to encourage you to do spiritual things and to act in love and to grow your character i mean you are seriously underachieving. you are seriously underachieving because by now you should be a general or at least a commander in the army not still a foot soldier that somebody is still commanding up and down <laughs> You understand what I mean? And we're still, you know, being a Christian for 15, 20 years, and we're still trusting more in the prayers of other people than in our own prayers. There's power of multiplication in coming together in corporate prayer, where two or three are gathered together. If you agree, it says God will do it. But you should bring something to the table so that when the other person brings what they have to the table, boom, there's an explosion. But when you are only bringing 0.1, and the person, let's say, you go and meet some man of God or woman of God, and they are bringing, let's say, 90. What you have is 90.1. But if you are bringing 90 and they are bringing 99 or something, imagine the explosion. The thing will shift fast. So you, you your own role plays a part. It plays a part. And one of the scriptures that I use to teach about this is, was it Exodus 15? I didn't write it down in my notes. But it was when... Moses, Aaron and her went up to the mountain and God told Moses to hold up his rod because Joshua and the army of Israel were fighting the Amalekites. And the Bible says that as long as Moses held up his rod, the Joshua and the army and the Israelites were winning. But every time he he dropped his hand, the Amalekites won over them. And so Aaron and her saw this and after a while, Moses hands grew tired naturally. And they said, oh, we need to help him because they're seriously beating us on the field and we have to win over these guys. So what did they do? They put a rock on that Moses to make it comfortable to sit down and then on each side, they held up his hands. Notice they didn't take the rod away from Moses. This is what Christians are doing. They're looking for somebody to come and take the rod from them and then to just hold it on their behalf. While they are flinchering and sleeping and watching Netflix till 1 a.m. But somebody is... On their knees praying for you for that breakthrough in your mind how i mean it's ridiculous we can't expect that people will carry our burdens for us they're supposed to help us lift it up so you must think of it that way you are you're called to be a general in god's army if you're called to be a general some people will treat spiritual activity you say come and pray they will look at you as if you are speaking greek I'm like, hello, how are you ever going to be effective in the army of God? If all you ever do is just shimmy 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 for two minutes and you only ever pray when somebody forces you to pray or people ginger you first for like, for like three weeks, just to pray for, for an hour or something. No, we can't live like that. Okay. So three t- truths <laughs> that I shared with you there. Every time you find yourself sleeping, you should go back. And those three scriptures that I've given you, go and play this back, play this portion back and remind yourself that, ah, no, 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 no. I can't joke with this. I need to get myself back on track with prayer and remember what's waiting for you in God's presence, mercy, and also grace. Grace means enablement strength, whatever it is you need to help you achieve it. So that's the first strategy, surround yourself with truth. They'll keep feeding you about the importance and the purpose of prayer. The second one, we're not going to go into active things that you can do. The second one is this, I, I say, create muscle memory and I'll explain what I mean by that when you finally decide, so you've been hearing everything I've been saying, or you've been exposing yourself to truth about prayer. And then you're like, yes. Okay, you haven't prayed in six months. So in fact, you haven't prayed in a year apart from maybe when you joined that online session and you just prayed for 15 minutes and you slept off. So you, you haven't really been praying. And they say, yes, I've heard this thing. I'm going to wake up uh, at three o'clock and I'm going to pray for two hours. That's a wonderful dream and a goal to have. But you're most likely going to fall or fail at it. Because you haven't yet developed strength. So what do I mean by muscle memory? What I mean by muscle memory, and I'm sharing with you all my gems now. Okay. By muscle memory is the showing up is more important than the length in the beginning. What do I mean by that? So you say, Oh, I'm really gingered up. I just, I'm so motivated. Oh, thank you Father, for reviving this desire. Me to pray the, what you should do. First of all, like I said, is you have to schedule it, pick a time. Don't say three today and then based on how you feel, say four tomorrow and then five tomorrow, it's going to take you longer and you most likely will not see through. So pick a time and make sure and tell yourself, no matter what, at this time, I remember we're talking about early morning. At this time, I'm going to get up and I'm going to pray at that time. So let's say five o'clock. Say 5 a.m. No matter what happened the night before, and we'll come to that in a moment, 5 a.m., my alarm goes up. I'm going to get up and I'm going to pray. Don't say, oh, 5 today. Oh, blah, blah, blah. The quickest way to build muscle memory is to do the same thing at the same time every day. When you do that, literally your brain begins to fire neuron pathways that will make you getting up the next day at the same time, easier. Every time you do something the same way, the same time, your brain literally begins to create avenues to make it easier for you to do it the next time. Because the brain literally wants almost everything to you do to be subconscious, because it takes a lot of energy for the conscious mind to function like, okay, I want to go and do something I've never done before. It it, it takes all of your concentration all of your concentration but if i'm going to get into my car now and drive like 90 percent of that is subconscious i don't think about it i press the button it starts i you know roll my thing into gear and i start going literally i've driven to places and i had no conscious thought as to how i got there i just found myself there i'm like oh subconscious is really working hard (laughs) do you understand so your brain wants to make everything as subconscious automatic as possible. So if you say five o'clock and you get up at five every day for 21 days, by the 22nd day, your eyes will pop open by themselves. I'm not saying theory, I'm talking about real life. I'm talking about what I have experienced and several people have experienced from my teaching, from telling them to do this. So start small, create creating muscle memory and building momentum is more important than, Oh, I'm going to pray for two hours. So even if at that five o'clock, all you do is get up for five to 10 minutes and praise God and worship him and sing songs of praise and go back to bed. It is better than saying at five, you get up and you pray from five to eight and you feel fantastic. And then the next morning you're feeling sleepy at five, say, okay, I'll pray at seven. And then you get up at seven and then you sit back. No, it's going to take you longer to build that habit. So create muscle memory, start small and pick a set time, a non-negotiable time of prayer that you will get up to pray no matter what is happening. Even if, it's summer and there's a freak snowfall and it was 20 degrees the day before. And all of a sudden you wake up and it is minus 15 degrees Celsius. Hello freak show. I'm cold. You will still get up. That's what I'm saying. This is how you build that muscle memory faster. Number three. So once you've scheduled it and said, this is when I'm going to get up. And even if you're starting with five minutes, keep getting up at that time, it becomes easier to do so your body will even begin to cooperate. will begin to do everything it can to get you to get up at that five o'clock. So you want to get your body on side. You don't want your body fighting against you. So number three is then prepare the night before. Prepare the night before. So this is in the early stages while you're building that muscle memory. So my question is, do you really, do you really need to watch TV until 1am or midnight? If you know that, okay, I'm going to get up at 5. Remember what I said about one of the barriers is overworking the, the, the body and the mind. Maltreating the body, over, overstimulating the mind. If your mind is so overstimulated, you'll watch something that is... Up until 1am and you say you want to have enough rest to wake up at five your body is going to fight you and you want to get your body on side you cannot cheat your body it knows how to demand payment when you have overtaxed it so when i say prepare the night before no as in prioritize it the same way if you were going for an important meeting at work the next day and let's say it was an interview you will have all your documents, you will have everything. You'd make sure you maybe eat a light meal, drink lots of water so you can sleep. Well, this, you have to treat prayer like that. Don't just treat your day anyhow, overload yourself with all sorts in the night. And then just expect your body to just fall in line the next day. So prepare, bear in mind that I'm going to be getting up at five, prioritize it. And then act like someone that's going to get up at five to pray or three or four, whenever the time is okay. Number four is as you lie down to sleep, pray, and it's not prayer. That is 20 minutes, literally 30 second prayer, ask the Holy spirit to give you a restful sleep and to give you the strength to wake up at the time you have set to wake up, invite the Holy spirit in to help you. This works. I've literally heard people say, Oh, I prayed and said, Holy Spirit, wake me up at six o'clock. And literally I heard something a few days ago and the person was saying, they literally felt like somebody tapped them on the shoulder and they woke up. The Holy Spirit will wake you up. Have faith. So pray as you're lying down, pray, say, Holy Spirit, you're the one that gives me mercy and also grace to help in this time of need. I need this help. To be able to pray, it is your will for me to pray. I know you are the one that put this desire in me to revive my prayer life. Help me wake up at five. And you'll be shocked. I pray, I've done this many times. Let me tell you how this feels like. Even if it's my alarm that wakes me up, I will just be awake and alert at that time. Without any explanation. You understand? So pray as you lay down, pray and ask the Holy Spirit To help you sleep, he says he gives his beloved sleep. So just believe what he said, eh? Believe. It says the Holy Spirit is the one that works in us to will and to do. So that means he can make you do. Meaning he can wake you up to pray. And make you alert at the time that you want to pray. So that's strategy number four. Just as you're lying down to sleep, pray. Number five is... Set an alarm. So like I said, this is for you to build in the beginning. There will come a time. If you keep showing up, muscle memory kicks in and literally your eyes will pop open at that time. In fact, a few minutes before that time. But in the beginning, when you're trying to build the habit, set an alarm and put it far from you. (laughs) Because so many of us have fallen into the pit of snooze. You put the alarm under your bed, i.e. your phone. And then the thing goes off, bam, 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 bam. And then you just stretch one arm like that, boom, and put the thing off and you go back to sleep. Why am I saying put it far away from you? Because you physically have to get up. And when you get up, you're giving your body strength to overcome all the resistance of sleep and although oh, I don't want to praise cold, literally okay so that's a very simple one and this one has worked for me many times in the past i'll literally be hearing anything on like i have to get up and then i get up and by the time i've gotten up to go and put off the alarm i'm already up that's all it takes for me if i can just get up okay strategy five set the alarm and place it out of reach so that you have to get up from your bed to switch it off strategy number six is don't pray anywhere near your bed you think that's obvious like I, well, it doesn't matter. I know how to pray on my bed. Not in the beginning, please, <laughs> not in the beginning. You will sleep off. You, I guarantee you, you will sleep off. Later, when you have mastered your body and you have mastered it and we say, I'm praying from five to seven and nothing can stop me. Then you can lie down, pray on your bed. For example, my husband mostly prays lying down because let me tell you what and he can pray like that for six hours and not fall asleep because since his like secondary school days or university days he has been praying like that he has been praying like that he was never really the person um that would be walking up and now my husband would lie down and he come as in in the middle of the night he's lying down. me if i tried all this <laughs> alive i would just come if I try, I will, I will find myself on the other side of the morning, of the night. <laughs> if I try it, lie down and pray, how? I've tried, I'll just pray. Before I know it, I've slept. I can't try it though, because I'm a pacer. I'm a pacer. Yeah? I have to get up, you know, or I'm sitting upright, etc. So I can't lie down and pray. Even till now. Unless literally even let me even till now even when i'm jim Jim jimmy prayer i can't i don't want to lie i don't want to tempt fate okay let's just get up but i'm saying of course it's possible to pray lying down but you must have really trained your body to do that my husband can do it because he's been doing it for i don't know 30 years or more so he's used to it he's used to doing that but don't go and follow people like that you'll find yourself on the other side Okay. So get up That's strategy number six and strategy. Number seven is you literally physically get up from of your bed. And when you do start with something active that will wake you up, do something that will wake you up even more. So maybe you could drink a glass of water or brush your teeth. Strategy number eight, start your prayers with active praise and worship that requires movement this one works for me all the time no matter how sleepy i am when i get up from that bed i always start my praise with a song that i need to dance to by the time i've done that for five minutes i'm already sweating and the, the sleep has cleared so start with something active where you have to move I'm giving you practical strategies that if you apply these things will certainly help you dance and sing. You are supposed to start your prayers with Thanksgiving anyway, and we worship unto God, giving honor to whom honor is due. So why not just start with praise and sing and dance? So that is strategy number eight. And the final strategy, strategy number nine is to plan out the content of your prayer time in advance. Now this is for later because remember I said to create muscle memory, you really should be aiming for maybe five to 15 minutes and you can do praise and go back to bed. What that means is by the time that you've done that for like three days, by day four, you just find that it's so easy for me to get up. We're using the example of five o'clock. It's easy for me to get up. So when you now get up and say, Hey, see, I'm awake. You want to extend your prayer and say i want to pray for a minimum of an hour don't just show up unprepared plan the content of your prayer what are you going to be praying about what confessions are you going to be making what scriptures are you going to be declaring who are you making intercession for what area of your life are you praying about right a lack of content and a lack of preparation is one of the reasons why people find prayer boring now this in itself is a whole episode that I can't get into today, but it certainly is a powerful strategy. And I would recommend, I I did a teaching on this in episode 59 of the Super Abundant Life Podcast. So if you want to go and search that out, I, I walk you through the seven elements of prayer that you should really incorporate into your prayer life, and you can incorporate it into one hour. And by the time you prayed, those different parts of praise, thanksgiving, intercession, supplication, etc. in an hour. And also listening, sitting down to listen to the Holy Spirit, talk to you, right? Practical ways to do that episode 59. By the time you spend that hour, you come out and like, whoa, that was a fulfilling and rich time of prayer. And of course it makes you want to show up again and do it again the next day. Okay. So I'm going to leave it there. I hope that's helped you and I hope you've also enjoyed this episode. I will be back next week with another episode. This is Allow me Brigway and see you then.